Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness. And we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. Fitness podcast today. We have the privilege of hanging out with Dr. Amanda Ryden over for Health Medicine. Uh, she's a functional medicine physician, and really looking forward to our conversation today to dive into uh, HRV and just all kinds of really sweet, um, you know, recovery tips and things that uh, I think is going to be really important for you know our athletes and many of the patients that walk in our doors and ultimately your doors as well. So, uh, Dr. Ryden, thanks for hanging out with us today. Well, I'm so glad to be here today, Chris, and it's such a pleasure to know you and, and know what you do and have uh, sent patience to you and yeah. back and forth a little bit um, and you've worked on me as well so yeah. that's kind of cool it's been fun yeah it's yes. been fun to dive in and just just learn more about you and some of this realm that you know we have an awareness of and we're starting to become more aware of functional medicine and um, the importance of it and so it's really cool to to kind of learn some new things and some some things that even I can recognize as a PT to to be able to you know get out to my patients and then ultimately get them over to someone like yourself who's an expert in this this stuff and, and recognizing it early right and that's kind Absolutely. of the, 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 the big step yeah. so well tell us a little bit about how you you know became a physician and ultimately you know dove into this route of functional medicine and ultimately out on your own here so how, how'd wow. you get here well it, the, the short version is I was an FBI agent in St. Louis. No, I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> and I knew I was in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, I'd always had a medicine science bent, and sure. I missed it. And I grew up in the shadow of Vanderbilt, where you're supposed to be a straight-A student if yeah, you're in sure. medical school. And I was not. Yeah. And I said, screw it. I'm going to medical school, because I miss this whole thing. That's so cool. I got into UT Memphis nice. and uh, went to medical school there, completed an emergency medicine residency program cool. in St. Louis at Washington University Barnes-Jewish Hospital. Washington. Yep. And... Um, then off, went out, and was an ER doc for almost 20 years, boarded. It's a long time. Um, long time, long time. Nashville or? All over. Yeah. I mean, southeast sure. kind of is where I was. And it, it, like any night worker, whether you're a police officer or a firefighter uh, working in a hospital, potentially your body clock gets slung oh, all over the place. I can't imagine. I mean, and, destroyed. Yes, and, and especially in the ER, and especially with doctors, we're not really good at having a consistent body clock for a month like maybe the firefighters do. Yeah. Um, and the toll of the stress from medical school, residency, and then working as an attending, I was gaining weight, working out really hard, woke up feeling like I was run over by a truck. Um, mm. That was the way I felt all day long, and then at night I'd wake up. Yeah, and uh, I just felt crummy, and I, I could I couldn't figure out how to fix that. And I one of the nurses actually was a nurse practitioner at that point that I worked with was a guy who was like six four, size of a linebacker, wearing these baggy <laughs> um, scrubs. And I'm like, dude, why are you wearing these baggy scrubs? And and he said, well, I lost a bunch of weight. I had gained all this weight, and I felt crummy from you know trying to go to school, uh, be a dad, mm -hmm. have kids, work full time. And I went on a paleo diet, and I lost like 40 pounds in about three months. I'm like, you are kidding me. That's insane. Very insane. And I thought, well, heck, I feel so bad, I'll try anything. You know? <laughs> right. And I'm not a big meat eater, so I didn't like push the meat part on the paleo diet. But I thought, hey, I'll do anything for three or four weeks, and if it doesn't work, yeah. no big deal, I'll quit. Sure. One day I woke up, bunch of energy, thought, nah, this won't last. Yeah, yeah, and right. The day was great. Woke up the next morning, bunch of energy, and I thought... This won't last, you know. And every day I had a little more energy. And I thought, 
Hmm. And I bought the book Practical Paleo. And the cool. front part of the book was the buy-in to why you're doing this. Mm. And the buy-in is understanding what sugar does to your body. The buy-in was what was uh, about what sleep and lack or poor sleep does to your body. The buy-in is what uh, gluten does to your body. Mm. And I thought, there's got to be something new to this because it worked for me. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And yeah, because suddenly now you're feeling better, right? And, right. And, and, and that's important. Right. And uh, and looking back, I probably had no cortisol in my body by that point. I'm sure, yeah. You've, you've exhausted yourself exactly. from being up late. And so the more working out only made it worse. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, we'll I, dive into that for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't know that either. But um, I just knew that it worked for me and there must be something out there similar or some training or some combination. So I got interested in looking around and I searched around at integrative medicine mm-hmm. with Andrew Weil and I'm looking at a lot of programs and I fell into the functional medicine uh, thing and I really liked the concept of using yeah. science-based understanding but getting down to the cellular level, mm-hmm. the chemical reaction level, the systems level rather than compartments like heart, lung, you know, liver. It was more like systems like detox system and which is would be your liver and your kidneys or sure. like the vascular system which affects everything in your body um, or the GI system or the immune system and how they all interact. Yeah, absolutely. And, and understanding those rather than just focusing on the heart as a physical structure. Sure. You're looking at the systems and how they interact. Yeah, which I think is important, right? Like oh, We, we don't everything. operate in, in isolation. And I know the same thing in PT as well, right? Where I've seen clients, they'll go see some another PT or another orthopedic um, doc. And, and again, it's, hey, this is a, I'm looking only at my shoulder, right? And, you know, the joint itself, right? We got the scapula, we got the thoracic spine, we got the elbow and all this other stuff that, that intimately plays into why right. somebody may be having shoulder pain right. and uh, or not even to mention the cervical spine, which can sometimes refer down there as well. And so I think it's it's cool that that, um, you know, that thinking started kind of being prompted in you a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, so you, you, you dove down the functional medicine route and, yeah. and, and what does that process look like? And then how did you, you know, finally throw in the towel and say, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going full, full steam ahead on this? Full steam. Well, I found um, some training called uh, the Institute of Functional Medicine. Yep. I sat through one course, said this is what, how I want to do it. This I is it. how I like the teaching. Um, it was, I believe, six modules. Um, I finished it in February of 2020, and COVID hit. Oh, jeez. Talk about crappy timing. Yeah, pretty bad timing because by that time I was a travel doc, so I was expendable. And yeah. when the volume in the ER went down, Boom. the full-timers went to part-time, and yeah. the part-timers and the travel docs were out. Who would and have ever thought that like, as a physician, like I'm, a, I'm an emergency medicine physician, and even though I'm traveling, yeah. like who would have thought, man, suddenly you're like expendable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we always joked about how we'd always have a job. Yeah. And, I think that's why anyone goes into healthcare, right, is some level of security. Exactly. Exactly. And I spent the summer putting energy into continuing the hunt for cool. jobs and I would be offered six or eight and then just be- 30 days before it'd get cut down to two oh. and I knew this was not going to be sustain- sustainable I didn't know when it was going to end yeah. and I knew I'd completed my training and I had planned to do this sure. by easing out but it looked like I was going to have to jump off yeah, the you were, yeah yeah instead of you you walking up to the cliff you got pushed off exactly right? and that's kind, of, that's kind of what I did I yeah. thought well I don't have any other option I need to put my energy in some direction sure. that brings income but brings fruition to my desire to get into this because I wanted to let other people find out how good they can feel like I did. Mm. Mm. I I just 
I just thought that I was going to feel that crummy the rest of my life. So I didn't know it was possible. And now that I do, I want other people to know that too. I don't think people realize like how poorly they feel sometimes, right? Exactly. Like, you know, it's like, hey, I work out a bunch, you know, I'm a high level of executive potentially of a company or like, man, you know, I just work a bunch, right? You know, got family, running kids around everywhere. And it's like, man, I'm just drained all the time. You know, this must just be how it's how I'm supposed to feel at 40 or whatever it is or late 30s or, yeah. or 50s. And it's yeah. like... No, it's you don't have to feel like crap all the time, no. you know. No, you don't. And and granted, being married with kids and both working, it's a enormous challenge. Sure is. To have energy, um, and it's really an enormous challenge to say I've got to find a place for me, mm. because of course we want to put our kids first. Of course, right? yeah. Um, but somehow you got to do it. I don't know what that means or entails for you, but you've got to figure that out because you cannot expend yourself for that long. Yeah, I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't leverage your own health for the next 30 years right. or 20, 20, 30 years, right, of taking right. care of your kids and getting them out of the house, so to speak, right? Right. Hopefully, hopefully not 30s, but sometimes I guess that's the case, right? Well, but, but regardless, yeah. you know, if you, if, you, if you expend yourself for that long, yeah. I mean, it's a train wreck waiting to happen, right? It is, and... You've not allowed yourself to show your kids how to do mm. the same thing you should be doing Absolutely. for them. If you're not taking care of yourself and showing them ways like, I, Mom is, Tom, you could go watch TV. I'm going to do some meditation. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Um, whatever it takes to show them that you have found nooks and crannies to take care of yourself, that benefits them down the road. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, if you can teach them how to take care of, like, if you're doing it yourself, right, then suddenly that's contagious to them and they're exactly. going to start understanding that. And this, this American way of, man, I'm going to freaking wake up really early, I'm going to grind really hard and never take vacation, I'm going to eat fast food. And, right, the go, go, go. Man, yeah. it just crushes and you. It, and it's, our, our culture seems to reward that, it does. that decimation of your own self in energy and body and mind and spirit. I don't understand how we got there, but we seem to support that go, 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 beat yourself up yeah. until there's nothing left, and I just still don't get it. And that's essentially what it was in medicine. Yeah. Course, you know, yeah. same idea. Right. And, and, then, and then we'll treat the symptoms that pop up right. when it gets there, right? Like, right. dang, you, you, Let's drink, wait. you drink caffeine all day, you you eat like crap, you're stressed right. to the max, and, and oh, you have high blood pressure, high blood pressure, cholesterol now, hey, here's a medication exactly. to, to fix that. And, right. And I'm just going to continue to eat like crap and sleep like crap and do all the other things right. along the way. And I, I think that's why I personally like the functional medicine side as well, right? Because now suddenly I'm trying to understand how do I fix this person right. with what they were designed to be fixed with, not me slapping a beta blocker at them or whatever. Absolutely, because that's a Band-Aid. Um, and so what you want to do is help correct the body and help correct the lifestyle and make it a lifelong thing rather than just for a moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so let's let's chat about you know kind of like large systems as a whole here, right? Where you know I think you probably see it, and I see it a ton in, in our practice, right? Where hey, someone's injured, right, and they've got this just really big like you know three four areas of life that they're just they're struggling. And we've already alluded to it a little right. bit, right? Where hey, suddenly um, you know they, they don't eat well, they don't sleep well, uh, they're stressed out to the max, their just day is leveraged to the hilt, and now suddenly they pile that on with even more exercise, right? And right. exercise is great. I love running, I'm a big CrossFit advocate myself, I do it myself, you run yourself. It's Absolutely. like, these things are important for our health, 
But then what happens is, is now suddenly I've poured gasoline on a fire that's already, um, that's, that's in motion and is going to set us up for, for injury and all kinds of other metabolic issues. Right. So like, why don't you speak to, to some of that and how that can be an issue for folks? You know, how, how this overtraining piece sure, uh, can, can sure. really help further wreck the metabolic system. Sure. And obviously we could talk two hours about this, yeah, but no. this, is, this is great. <laughs> we definitely can. Uh, so, you know, we forget the lifestyle factors that feed into everything that goes on in our body. And we also forget that there's a tipping point, you know, and yeah. there's a tipping point where, yeah, your body's, we are built to be resilient. We yeah. are built to cope. We are built to correct. We are built to get back in balance. And at some point, our body can't do it anymore. Um, and if we're eating gluten and our body doesn't like gluten, if we're eating fast food and packaged and processed food, which nobody likes because of all right. the chemicals in it, right. um, and the sugars and the just you name it, it's in there. Or if, um, God love you, you've been through a stressor where you have a sick family member yeah. or something's happened and your balance is off and you're mentally and emotionally stressed from that. And that's beginning to tip and add to your level of what's going on and making it harder for your body to repair itself and recover. And if you're already working out and then you just add more workout to it because mm. it will just make me feel better, mm. is not always true. Yeah, it's it true. Might, it might help you mentally for a while until the tip over point of working out even more catches up with you. Yeah. And I start seeing that too where people start complaining like, you know, I'm feeling pretty fatigued during my runs. Or I'm exactly. feeling pretty fatigued during my workouts, and I'm not able to keep up with my mile times that I once was. Or exactly. hey, maybe I'm no longer adding additional weight to my barbell. Um, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting as strong, and I'm really just struggling to maintain that. And that's those red flags that that, that start going off, and is like, hey, you're really overdoing this at that point. Exactly, and that that person might actually be in what we call the overtraining rather than overreaching. Overreaching is the earlier phase where you're kind of feeling tired and, and it's, it's not a big deal and, and you just, you, you may not have slept that well at night and it's just becoming like during that whole week you're kind of guiding, they have these little signs and they're not big, but they're really big when you see your performance crash. Yeah. That's when you're in overtraining. That takes longer recovery. Yeah, for so sure. So if you can catch yourself in overreaching, which is normal, it's yeah. normal to find yourself overreaching, but if you can recognize the signs earlier and do the recovery time then, you won't be in overtraining where it may take you months and months and months to get back to where you were mm. before you crashed. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really important distinguishing point, right? Like a, a slight overreach in some instances, hey, maybe I didn't sleep well, it's a really stressful season if you're a student or something, or, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, like if exactly. your job lends itself to be busy in the back end of the year or the top end of the year, you right. know, you may have a period where you're overreaching, or maybe you just had a newborn, right? Or something along those lines. Exactly. Where, where hey, suddenly I'm, I'm overreaching uh, a, a little bit, but then it's that, that prolonged overreaching that, that you say leads to that overtraining, right? Exactly. So, so what are some things that you would identify, um, you know, if a client came in and, hey, they've been overreaching or even overtraining for a period of time, mm -hmm. like what are some things you typically see, um, you know, from a metabolic standpoint? I know for us, mm -hmm. right, it's like, hey, I've got an injury, it's not really healing up, it's gone on for a long time, right. or now suddenly they've got a knee thing, they've got a hip thing, maybe a low back thing attached to it as well. And so it's these multiple injuries and maybe I've treated them for three or four weeks and, and what I would typically expect where someone says, hey, I'm 75 to 90% better, 
hey, maybe I'm only 40, 50% better, right? right. And, and, you know, now, you know, now my ankle's starting to hurt too. And you're just like, man, there's just a lot of things going on here. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not the normal state of the body. But they say, well, I run or I do CrossFit. I, you know, that's normal. And it's like, no, when you're having all these injuries pop up, that's where I, I personally recognize some of these things. And that's where, you know, talking about sleep, nutrition, stress management, exactly. these other domains. But on your end, like, what do you typically see, uh, you know, from a metabolic standpoint, uh, you know, maybe on a panel or something like that? Right. Well, so, so someone who comes in that's reached the overtraining part does have the lifestyle stuff hitting them. Maybe they're yeah. actually drinking some alcohol. Yeah, 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 sure. They're dealing with the stress. Yeah. Or... <laughs> you can be using the grill that summer a lot and you're you're really darkening that meat and what you're doing is you get an advanced glycation uh, products in your body that yeah. create inf- inflammation. I mean, it can be all kinds of different stuff that yeah. just sort of keep tipping you past that overreaching and overtraining. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could be building a house and no stress there. Oh, man, Arguing with your spouse, I mean, your kids uh, rocking and rolling and you don't know how to talk to them. You know, it, it it's funny how stuff just is like a steamroller sometimes. And yeah. you don't really recognize the impact of all that. Sure. Um, and so, and, and typically by that point, someone has become developing maybe insulin resistance. Sure. They're finding that they gained a little weight, a little more sluggish. Mm. They're uh, waking up like they've got more run over by a truck in the morning. Mm. Um, a little bit more profound symptoms than just I'm a little tired today. Yeah. It's more like, man, I just, I, my brain's not working. I can't yeah. concentrate. I can't remember stuff. I feel like I have brain fog. And it's every day. It's not like once in a while, like it has been in the past. It's every day, I just feel terrible. And I mean, that's when I start digging deep with the questionnaires that I give them. That's when I start digging deep with the ninety-minute visit where I pepper them with questions. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And getting as much deep background to see what's the pattern. Is there something from the past that's now coming in? Maybe you mm-hmm. had a bunch of antibiotics when you were a kid for mm-hmm. ear stuff. And your gut's never been quite right, but now that you're stressed, now your gut's coming into it. Yeah, yeah, So now yeah. you have gut symptoms that are mm. bothering you. You're, you're bloating, you've got pain after you eat, or you're burping a lot, and you don't feel good, and you just... Things from the past begin to be mm. part of your current time frame mm. simply because now the whole body's involved and all inflamed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there that I want to dive into a little bit. I think, you know, on that nutrition front a little bit, where especially where someone says, hey... I'm struggling to lose weight. Maybe they want to lose weight. And so then what do they do, right? They cut their calories even right, more. Right. And so now they've, they've further, you know, turned the fire down on their metabolic system and only made the situation worse. I mean, how many times have you seen some of that? Absolutely. So when, you're, when your body's under chronic inflammation, which is what someone who's in that position is under, your body is taking energy from other parts of your body to, it, your immune system is taking energy from other parts of your body, trying to put out the fires. Yeah. So your basic daily systems aren't getting what they need, mm. right? So if you decrease your calories, you're not even feeding your daily basic systems that need help, that just need their daily energy cranking. So now not only are you not feeding your immune system that's trying to fix everything, you're not mm. feeding your daily basic needs. Yeah. 
which is a major issue. Problem. You got a problem there. You it, can't fix anything. You know, you're, you're, like you said, you're just creating more fire. Yeah, and, and you're underfueled at this point, and so then you pile more exercise on because you exactly. feel more stressed. Right. And now I've got this vicious cycle, right, right. where, right. hey, I, <laughs> I'm now sleeping like crap. I'm eating less and less. I'm working out more and more, and right. I'm stressed more and more. Right. And now suddenly all of these systems start freaking out, yeah, right? And, exactly. And some of this gut health stuff, which I think is interesting as well. I mean, people are just like, well, you know, I'm just... I got IBS or I've right. got these other things that I've been diagnosed with and right. I'm just stuck living with it yeah. and it's like... And no, you don't have to be. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't, don't have, have to be, be right? Yeah. And no. so what are some things from you know a gut healing standpoint that, I mean, obviously I, I know it's, it's going to be individual to the person and the patient, yeah. but like what are some things you typically look at to help heal up some of that, that gut flora and, and getting that gut health in, on, on top level? Sure. So good example typically is if someone comes in with say I bloat after I eat I have pain after I eat I burp after I eat or I have had constipation all my life and or I have interactive or intermittent diarrhea mm. constipation well these folks will get colonoscopies but that's looking at the big picture that's a macro look I'm sure. looking at micro look yeah so um, we actually do stool studies. Cool. Um, it tells us how well you're digesting, whether it's the pancreas, mm. um, the um, bile from the gallbladder, or the acid in your stomach. All three of those are needed for appropriate digestion. Yeah. So if any of those are out of whack, you're going to have digestive issues. You're sure. going to have fat in your stool. If you don't have the bile, you're going to have um, a high pancreatic elastase, or rather a low pancreatic elastase telling me your pancreas can't do its job, mm. or your acid in your stomach is not enough to break down the products you need to break down, like some proteins, or to prep something like B12, which you need for energy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and if you don't have enough acid, you can't prep your B12 and you can't absorb it and use it. So, Isn't that crazy? So then people will say, well, I'm just going to pile on more B12 exactly. to wake up, and you, you can't even you know, metabolize yeah, it. Right, exactly. So more often than not, one of the places we're really looking at in the beginning is digestion and move the bowel if it needs to be moved. So if you've got constipation, you can't get rid of toxins, you can't get rid of stuff. Mm. It just cycles back into your body. Yikes. And your body's seeing it again and it inflames your body more. So we're working on your digestion, get your stool moving, that's normal, healthy, regular. Now we can see, our, is that all we need to do? We might, that might be all we need to do. But yeah. do we need to do more? Sure. So, but, so that's kind of the first place we look is let's get the gut doing its job. Mm. And it might take one month. It might take six months. It's yeah. hard to know. I think that's the tough thing too. You know, um, I know with my industry and much of yours as well of like, you know, people want a quick fix for these things, uh, right? Where, correct. Where it's like, oh, I've had knee pain for six months. I want it better tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> look, man, if I could wave a wand and have this better tomorrow, like, I have a line wrapped 10 times around my building and it's the same thing as it's gut health, right? Right, like, right. You didn't wreck your metabolic system in a night. You've done this over the last many years in some cases, totally. right? Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, again, our bodies are resilient, but it takes some time to, to undo and, and to, um, you know, get the ship righted, so to speak. Yeah, totally. And, and also, like what you see is someone comes in with knee pain and then three months later someplace else, well, that's roving inflammation. Yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. So it's coming from somewhere, right? Exactly. Or several places. 
Right. So you're, it means your immune system's revved up. Why is it revved up? Where is that coming? Is it coming from the gut? Is it coming from, you know, uh, an infection that's like Lyme disease is really good at having negative antibodies, but you have it. Yeah, sure. And it's affecting your immune system. Your immune system is saying, hey, I got a problem here. But you keep testing them for Lyme and they're negative. You're like, well, it can't be Lyme. Well, yes, it can be. Yeah, interesting. So, you know, it, that and toxins, we build up toxins. Um, there's uh, two studies out of Canada in the past couple of years on newborns, one on the cord blood and one on the urine from newborns. And both studies showed over 200 man-made toxins wow. already in these newborns. That's crazy. Well, some of those last 50 years. Yeah, that's crazy. And then we just pile more and more and more Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you're not... In a, in a balance with your body. If your body isn't tuned and running the way it should be and in a, in a way to be resilient, then the toxins you do get, you really affect you. But if you are in that place, you're really kind of fit, things are working, you know, you figured out your meditation, your balance, your mental health, your, what you know what foods make your, your body sensitive to so you don't eat those. You, I mean, when you got it balanced, you're resilient enough, your body's yeah. resilient enough to deal with the toxins or whatever's thrown at you. Yeah. Or COVID. The people yeah. who end up dying in the ICUs are morbidly obese, have heart disease, have diabetes type 2, um, usually they're elderly, um, but they have chronic inflammation. Yeah, right. And that was the thing that tipped the iceberg in the wrong direction. Exactly, right? exactly. So if you have chronic inflammation, your immune system is busy grabbing energy from the rest of your body mm. in order to fight things and try to make things right. And then along comes COVID, it has nothing left. There aren't any troops left. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you, you've your weakened your system so, right. so much that you got you know two, two guys left in your army to exactly. try to fight this thing. Exactly, so you, you're left undefended. Basically, yeah. when yeah, you're yeah. in that place, so the idea is let's let's get your body in the right place so you don't have type two diabetes, you don't have hypertension, you don't have um, cardiac disease with plaque, soft or hard, and so that if you do encounter an infection or a toxin, your body goes, I got this. Yeah, right, absolutely. So what are you know what are some other kind of prognostic indicators or things like we'll dive into HRV in a second, which I think is helpful as well, but like. What are some things if somebody comes to see you, like what are some things you typically will, outside of stool sample, like what are some like other major things that you like to test for and look at in a, in a client who's struggling with some of these things? And again, I know the list can get a mile yeah, long, right? Get long, it's yeah. like, well, uh, how long you got? You want to talk two hours about yeah, all, these, right. uh, all these points? Because I'm sure some of your, your blood tests can just test. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing what we can find. So, um, actually, one of the whole modules in my training was all about energy and the mitochondria. And the mitochondria are little atomic plants in every cell in your body, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of those in every cell of your body, from your brain to your skin to your liver to you name it, it's there. You've got to have them. It yeah. makes energy for everything you do. And um, so we can test to see how well that mitochondria are working sure um, and we can't really test how many you have and the less fit you are the fewer you have no, and, makes sense. and the, as you get fitter and fitter your body recognizes the demand and makes more of them sure so but we can't tell how well or how not so well they are working um, and that's called oxidative stress so mm -hmm. that means you're getting reactive oxygen species that are being created because you're under stress yep and now you're under more stress because you have the reactive oxidative species that are creating havoc and are like poison to yeah. mitochondria. Interesting. So I, I like testing for that. I probably 
should do it right now for me. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's a way to know um, how how much help does your energy producing system need? Mm. Um, the mitochondria are kind of like um, car car factories. So you have parts that come in, they all get assembled, and then you have cars that come out. And if you have 30% of one part missing, that means you're gonna have 30% less cars going out. Mm. Mm. Same idea with the mitochondria. It's a good point. So if you don't have the parts going in like magnesium, carnitine, B3, B2, coenzyme A, and a host of others. If you don't have enough of those going in in the mitochondria and doing their thing, you don't have enough energy coming out. Yeah, and so then you're starting to get fatigued. You're right. starting to feel run down. Right. You're feeling just like crappy. You do, and yet your immune system needs that energy. Your heart needs that energy. Your heart cells need that energy. Your liver cells need that energy. Your GI cells need that energy. But if you have a global problem of making energy, mm. you're gonna have a global fatigue. You're gonna have brain fog. You're gonna yeah. have things that don't work well. Your gut slows down. You know, you just gonna feel like crap. Yeah, now you're drinking more coffee. You got a stomachache. You're <laughs> drinking more coffee. Or, exactly. Or, or yeah, it's just all these just vicious cycles that really people is. find themselves in. I think that's really a really um, yeah important thing to point out for people. And then they exercise more, and they just right. destroy the system even more. Right, because and, it takes energy to exercise. Exactly, and so now they're just walking around in a deficit. They are all, all the time. And, right. And again, exercise is a beautiful thing, but if you're already in a just a wrecked yeah. havoc state. Uh, that that's an issue. So so, right. what are some ways people you know should go about recovery? Right? You know, yeah. there's all kinds of talks about you know sauna, infrared saunas, and cold baths, and um, you know all, you know breathing techniques. There's all kinds of things right. that, that people utilize for recovery, and I think all of them may have their time or place, right. but. Um, you know, what's your feedback on some of that? Because you know, yeah. you and I talked about there can be times where hey, these people are dousing themselves in ice baths for recovery, and their system's already sh you know shutting down, right? Exactly, and setting them up for even more failure. Exactly. So th there was a scientist that discovered the um, stress and adaption curve, basically, mm. that we follow in sports medicine, and you are supposed to stress your body in physical fitness and adapt, stress and adapt. And you may fall back just a little bit and then sure. you keep moving, you keep moving forward. And during that time is the time for those recovery techniques that would be the cold bath, that yep. would be the sauna, that would be, uh, oh geez, you know, you're already, hopefully already doing good sleep. But it would be those extra, you could do the compression therapy then, yeah. that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. You're in that you're in that place where you're adapting because th that's what those, that, that doesn't provide any extra stress beyond where you already are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body um, is accustomed to that. Exactly, capacity. exactly. And so the compression or the cryotherapy is is not an extra stress level for your body at that point. At some point, you hit a plateau, and it may be a short one. It might be only for a couple of days, and you don't even hardly notice it. But you might hit a plateau where you haven't noticed an advancement in your performance. But you don't feel bad. You feel pretty good, you know. And if you are following your heart rate variability, it might be the same for a while. Hmm. And if you're following your resting heart rate, it still may be, you may just be in a plateau. And, and you could still do those same recovery techniques, the cryotherapy, the compression therapy, um, saunas. But if you're following the trend, at some point, if you're still doing all this, you're gonna see a downward trend of your heart rate variability. Yeah. You're gonna see uh, probably an upward trend of your resting heart rate. Mm. Um, you might even see a trend of your, a downward trend of your morning temperature when you wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one day is one thing. 
a week is a little different. Sure. And then, if you're seeing this trend, then you finally start having symptoms where you have a little bit of brain fog, you're a little more exhausted when you work out. Mm. You hit that point when you notice symptoms, when you notice some subtle symptoms that aren't, weren't there a week before with this downward trend. When you start seeing symptoms, you have reached overreaching. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. I think it's an important thing for, for folks to realize, you know, again, you know, if you're at a more stressful time, hey, dial back some of the intensity of your workouts, right, sleep a right, little bit more, right. you know, potentially eat a little bit more, you know, clean foods to help, you know, this process as well, drink more water, Exactly. you know, but again, these people who want to say, well, I'm just going to keep working out hard, 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 and then I'm going to throw an ice bath, and I'm going to throw a, you know, an infrared right. sauna, right. uh, just all these other stressful situations. Right. Here's your chance when you're in that little bit of overreaching and you just tip down over the edge and you're having a few symptoms. If you're smart, that's when you don't do the sauna yeah. because you're adding stress. You're adding a potential inflammation because now you've hit a little inflammation in your body. Your sure. body's telling you, I'm a little bit inflamed. I need some recovery time. Don't add any more. Don't add a harder workout. Don't add some cryotherapy. Don't add a sauna. Mm. Don't just give me a moment because I am resilient. Let me do what I need to do. Yeah. Give me a little recovery time. If you keep pushing it and keeping it more and more, it's hard when you're an athlete and you're competitive. Yeah. You're, you know, it's that <laughs> you're just open. getting after it. Right. Yeah. But if you are smart, you'll know that re short recovery beats a long recovery. Yeah. And taking a short amount of time to recover just means you're back on track and adapting and stressing and adapting and stressing and building more and more on your agility, power, endurance, strength. Yeah, for sure. Right, because you're giving your body the chance to recover. I mean, exactly. I, I think we saw this, uh, I forget the young lady's name, but she was uh, in the Summer Olympics, but got diagnosed with adrenal fatigue leading right into the Olympics. Man, she was a, a, a gold medalist candidate yeah. and, and literally was just adrenals overloaded score you know times were were increasing couldn't keep up and yeah. you know that overtraining had, right. had gotten to her and, and at that point I, I i think she ended up meddling but she did not get a gold medal um you know like she was supposed to in these olympics because because yeah. she spent this time overtraining it's a right. bummer right. a bummer to see if this is happening to olympic level athletes where that is their only job right. is to to work out recover and do it again and it's right. happening to them and we're talking 18 19 20 year olds this is only going to be happening even more to our 30 40 year old weekend Absolutely. warriors who are out just grinding and way overdoing way it way overdoing it and, and it, it really is amazing that we have the technology now to follow as a trend to be cognizant and if you have to keep a diary is the best way to do it a daily yeah. the, the pro athletes do that they keep a training log and the training log includes how is their sleep what did they eat you know what's their heart rate variability when, during their sleep what is it during their day what's the resting I mean they keep track of this and the last column is how did I feel today yeah 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 right simple Real, so really full of energy no headaches no brain fog and then suddenly they might write you know, I just really kind of felt off today. And that might be for three. And then you see a pattern of three or four days of just, you know, just really. And then you think, whoa, wait a minute. 
I'm clearly in my overreaching stage. It is now time to pull back before I fall so far down, it takes months to get back. Right, exactly. Yeah, so we've alluded to it a lot already in our conversation, but but HRV, right? It's become right. super popular. I think it's a really nice, I've almost become obsessed with it as well, of like just to have a data point uh, to understand not only how I'm feeling, but it gives me really good objective data of like, hey, what is, what is happening to my nervous system and my right. body? Right. And so there's a lot of devices out there, but you know, before we get into some of that, why don't you just tell us a little bit, you know, what is HRV? Uh, what does it measure? I mean, obviously, again, we can get the weeds with this, but you know, let's get um, some kind of high-level good guidance on like what, what the heck is HRV and like why why should it be important to, to folks to look at? Sure. So, uh, heart rate variability is normal, and the heart rate variability is the time between two high points and your heart rhythm. If you watch any TV program and suddenly you see a cardiac monitor in somebody's ER or their room and you see the rhythm of the heart going across the scene, you're seeing a series of waves up and down and then some space and up and down. Well, it's the space between the two tallest peaks. Mm. That's the heart rate variability space that we're looking at. They're measuring the time between the two. Exactly, in milliseconds. So so you see the tallest peaks are the R wave and the space between those is the space we look at. Mm. And that's in milliseconds. And so our milliseconds are measured on any of these graphs, EKGs, rhythm strips, and this is what we're following. And if you are more fit, you have more variability between those two tall peaks. Yep. It'd be a little longer, a little shorter, a little longer, a little shorter, a little longer. You're more, you'll have more of that than someone who sits around in a chair. Yeah, they're going to okay. have more of a, a, a same, very steady beat, exactly. which is interesting to me because I kind of thought, oh, variability, that doesn't sound good, you know, but yeah. but you, you do want that high level of variability, right? You like, you know, if you got a bear chasing you or you're in the middle of a workout, right. you want to be able to, you know, increase that. But if you're also sitting in your desk chair back at work, you don't want your heart right. rate cranking. Right. Well, and the other thing this tells us is how resilient you are. Yeah. So if you have more variability, your body is in better shape to be resilient all around, as we've talked about, where resilient to disease or toxin. Your body is fit and ready. But if you don't have much variability and your heart rate's a little higher than it should be, Instead of when you have variability, usually your heart rate's low, like an athlete, right? But you happen to have high variability because you're an athlete. The opposite is true. A higher heart rate, a lower variability, you're less fit for resilience, mm-hmm. for the COVID that hits you, yeah. right? So you have, your body has less resilience to, to work with stress as it comes to it. Yeah, that's good. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I find it really interesting. It's a, yeah. it's, a good, it's a good data point. I mean, there's so many devices that are measuring it, right? Like you got the Whoop, I think it's probably the biggest in the, right. the fitness space now. I mean, that business is a billion dollars, I think, at this point. You know, the NFL is using it. The You know, a lot of pro sports guys are using it. Right. Um, CrossFit's using it. But, it, you know, again, it's getting that, that data point. I think it measures it at night, right? The last, like, REM sleep, it basically right. gives you this this objective number and, and to be able to watch that number like you alluded to earlier in our conversation like watching that number over a period of a couple of days versus a couple of weeks right mm-hmm. or right. hey maybe you're like it's, it's the holiday season and uh hey maybe you're drinking more alcohol right and so that's going to temporarily reduce your hrv and then you got the stress of the holidays and so these temporary uh, bouts of decreased mm-hmm. HRV 
And then you pile that on with a bunch of heavy training, right. and now suddenly I'm, I'm overreaching. And exactly. that overreaching, is, like we alluded to, can lead to some of that overtraining, and now you find yourself in just the metabolic dumps, right. wondering, right. wondering why you can't, you feel like crap, right. you know? And then you start reaching for supplements that actually could make things worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? What are some common ones folks you find reaching for, just like well, B12? And, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't know what they're treating. They don't know where their, their holes are, so to true. speak, in their system, so they just start throwing stuff you know hoping it would stick on the wall and I get that I mean I've done it you know, yeah, sure, all done it, yeah. you know? Um, but the nice thing about functional medicine is the testing we have and some of it's 35 years old so it's 35 years of people being wow. tested and trends and ages and uh, gender and um, what we already know about them in terms of diagnoses that they have like type 2 diabetes or whatever we have 35 years of data in some companies where they they have so much data to understand these tests and how accurate they are. It's amazing. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. Uh, and that's the, the cool thing, you know, it's like, don't, uh, I think the bottom line of all this conversation is like, hey, if you're in a period of time where, hey, I'm super overstressed and life has just been socking you in the face, like, clean up these other areas, right? Don't overtrain. Right. If you dial back the intensity a little bit, like for for example, for me, I tell patients this all the time, like if I'm been traveling or, you know, hey, it's a busier season, like I'm probably just not gonna push as hard during my workouts, right? Right. You know, instead of me having a high intense metabolic conditioning type workout, hey, maybe I move at 65, 70%, or right. I, I choose a barbell that's gonna be heavier or weight right. that's gonna exactly. be lighter, or a run, I'm not gonna run nearly <laughs> as quickly of a mile, you know, maybe if I'm running eight minute miles, I'm gonna suddenly run 12 minute miles. Exactly. Just to get me out of that overreaching state so that I'm not finding myself in this overtrained state. Absolutely. You know, reaching for, Absolutely. Uh, the, 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 you know, reaching for a train wreck when it happens. No right? kidding, well like that, the Olympic athlete you were talking yeah. about. Clearly, the signs were there. Oh, they were there. Or she wouldn't have reached that low cortisol. It was happening long before that. Right. And and whether her trainers didn't recognize it, her coaches, or she, and competitive athletes, we are who we are. We keep pushing. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. You don't know. I've got a student athlete now that I think on the, the days off, she was actually working out. Yeah, and, it's crazy. You know, this is how we are. We it's just, just, we just love it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It gives you a dopamine rush. I mean, it does, we're right. feeding that part of our brain. You know, Absolutely. That's just what it is. Um, but the, the heart rate variability will warn you and if you heed your warning and add that warning to your symptoms, because you need to have, if you're still feeling good, you need to keep working out. It's when you start having the symptoms with your lower Correct. heart rate variability trend is when you're in overreaching. And the other part of recovery is the stuff like acupuncture, massage, yoga, um, play. You know, as adults, we've forgotten yeah. how to play. It's so true, man. You know? We're all business and no play. Yeah, like, we have forgotten. And I don't mean beer and pizza, yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Well, but I yeah. mean, you know, and, and don't go out and play tennis with your buddies, you know, yeah. for three hours. But the play of, hey, let's just go for a, a easy hike to the lake and yeah. sit around and have lunch and you know, laugh and have a yeah. good time and just like relax, get some sunshine. Yeah, or you know, we used to have a bunch of those around where you could go do the paintball indoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about play. Dude, it's fun, man. Absolutely. It's so a blast. It's, absolutely. So we forget to play. There's a forgotten art book um, that I read many years ago. My mom brought it up to me. She, in it, the, the writer is an artist, of course, and he teaches college students. Mm. And he comes home one day to his daughter, and, you know, she's like four or five, and she loves to draw. 
And she goes, Daddy, what do you do? What do you do when you go to work? And he goes, well, I teach college students how to, how to draw, honey. And she goes, you mean they forgot? <laughs> so we forget to play. It's true. And it's imperative to have that kind of release of, of laughing and carrying mm. on and playing. And we forget that. And we also forget we need quiet time. Yeah, isn't that true, too? You know, that... Shut crap off and just be still. Exactly. And and everybody says, well, I can't meditate because my brain's always talking. Well, there are pauses between your brain talk. Yeah. And that's what you focus on. Sure. And you don't beat yourself up if you're hearing something else going on, like you have to fix something tomorrow and the plan for today is this. And with the dog did that, we got to do... Yeah. In between all that, there is going to be a space. Sure. And that's the space you focus on. Yeah, I love or that. Or you focus on the sounds in the room. And that gives you, even if it's a millisecond of space, that's meditation. Mm. That's allowing yourself to have a little space and recognize that space of quiet. <laughs> Who does that in this world? Yeah, right? we don't, right? We're always How going. How do we find the time many times, you yeah. know? Um, but it sets your day. It sets your nervous system. It works on your parasympathetic, which right. brings everything down into a relaxed state. Yeah. The rest and digest, right? Um, so those are things that you can do. And like you said, soft workouts. You could have agility, work on agility rather than mm -hmm. strength, endurance, and mm -hmm. get your heart rate up and all those things. Just the agility balance. Yeah, that's a good idea too. You know, the balance. You've taught me a few of those yeah. things for balance because that will never be something you need to unlearn. You will yeah. always need to be building that, especially as you age. For sure. Um, so yeah. there are ways to do that. Yeah, and, and that's where you can pair your exercise in with some like that can be re, you know restorative and re, you know recovery based. But it's what I mean. We're talking zone one, zone two, heart exactly. rate, right? Exactly. Very very low, 50, right. 60 heart rate. Nothing crazy. You right. can carry a conversation while you're exercising. Going for a walk. Brisk walk, right? Yeah. You know, a light pedal on a, a C two bike or a light row, just exactly. something you know, casual conversation pace. Right. Moves the blood around a little bit. But doesn't make the heart work too hard and systems work exactly, too hard. Exactly, exactly. Right, yeah. I love it, man. These things are fantastic. I think it's important, you know, that, oh, yeah. that we get this information out there. And I think it's oh, really yeah. cool. So, you know, if we've got, you know, if some folks are curious about, hey, maybe I'm overtraining, maybe I need some help. I'm tired of feeling crappy all the time. Like, how do we, how do we get in contact with you? Learn more about your practice sure, and yeah. uh, you know, reach out for some of this more. Uh, you know, uh, intensive type testing to get to, to the bottom of some yeah, issues folks are having. Right, beyond the conventional Western medicine yeah. testing, which is great for many things, but there's many things they're not doing. So my website is www4, as in the number four spelled out, F-O-U-R, for health, uh -huh. forhealthmedicine.com. Beautiful, perfect. We'll drop uh, that in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, and I'm here in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, I grew up here, so I, I know all that. Hideaways and hideaways. <laughs> um, and then the phone number for the practice is 615-631-7315. Perfect. Um, somehow it comes across as a furniture store once in a while for some people. That's who used to have the number, that's so don't so be surprised. Funny. That's so funny. Or confused. But no, I really, you know, I really... Like, got a furniture business and functional yeah, medicine, right? Yeah, I probably could sell some furniture out of the <laughs> um, So um, I'm easy to locate. I'm kind of semi-retired and enjoying this as a, as a business of helping other people find better health. Whether you're an athlete and you don't know why you're in a slump, or you're not an athlete, or you're, a, a, you know, an amateur athlete that, like me, gets out there and runs the trails four or five times a week and lifts weights. 
and you can't figure out why you're still having injuries. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about that, but we ought to some other time is knowing how to know you're close to having an injury. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, um, and that's in the overreach section, by the way. If you want to go back and listen, if you don't have an ACL tear or a calf tear or something mm-hmm. going on or a leg room tear or something happened in your shoulder, if you're overreaching and you're in that place and you're still working out, that's your high risk for injury. Yeah, it's so true, right? Like yeah. Whoop uh, has done some case studies on that, right? Where they they will find there was a CrossFit Games athlete a couple of years ago was really training hard for um, it was regionals or semifinals, I forget which. Nonetheless, was really overreaching. Whoop was barking at him. That HRV was dropping. Tore his pec first. Uh, first or second day of competition. Absolutely, right? so, yeah. He's so inflamed that his body couldn't fix the inflammation and it makes your soft tissue delicate and there you go. Yeah, bada boom, bada bing, right? Yeah. And, and then we want to blame it on, well, I didn't stretch enough. Or, right, right. Oh, my, you know, I wasn't doing enough, uh, you know, it's just whatever. People yeah. want to blame it on, yeah. or, or it was my shoes, right? I didn't change my <laughs> shoe wear. And it's like, no, you've just been chronically overreaching. Yeah. And that's why you're in the shoes that you're in. That's right. No pun intended, right? So, <laughs> man, so many good nuggets in here. Yeah. And, uh, Dr. Ryden, I really appreciate your help and uh, really really stoked to to get this podcast out there and uh, we appreciate your time thank you so much chris this was a blast and i know we have many more topics man we could have to rap about this all the time i love it i love it thank you so much for listening to the nashville fitness podcast this podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice be ready performance therapy head over to instagram or our website you can find us online at bereadypt.com or on instagram at bereadypt on our website as well as on instagram we'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on instagram If you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be.